0: This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views
1: on Liverpool FC.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to uh, a penultimate, ultimate, Well, we'll have to work that out, how's this league is going. Uh, Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitz, talking all things Liverpool Football Club, as we have done all season? Uh, what a remarkable season it's been. We are at the business end, we're at the sharp end of it now of course, two cups down the FA Cup, two out to the Carabao Cup um, a Champions League semi-final still beckons on the 28th but this weekend of course sees the um, culmination of a long hard-fought season for Liverpool still in the balance, it's ridiculous I know we can, I know we're stretching it, it's probably more in hope uh, rather than uh, expectation at the moment so um, but we're still there. We're still fighting away at it, and uh, we are we are going to give it everything. There's no doubt about that. I'm joined on the show today, but well, listen, this fella. I've been asking for him every time I do Poetry in Motion. He's one of the original three. Me, Joe, and Neil Jones started uh, the Poetry in Motion, and I'm glad to see he's back to join us uh, for uh, for one of the last ones of the season. Hi, Joe. How are you, pal?
0: I'm good, thanks, Neil. How are you?
2: Good man, tell you why your age is a tough man. We've got to negotiate. Where's the <laughs> get, sign getting you to come on
0: here? <laughs> Listen, every time I was just saying before, every, every time that you know I've been asked, it just has the stars on the line, but they've aligned for us now. And, um, you know, couldn't be a better time, really. There's plenty to talk about, plenty to be happy about. And yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm pleased to see you, really. am
2: good man. And let's hope we are preempting another set of stars to align. Uh, for the uh, for the last game of the season, Matt Addison joins us as well. How are you, Matt?
1: Yeah, all good, mate, as ever. It's uh, it's not been a bad season. As however this ends, it's going to be uh, going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And yeah, all uh, all good this end.
2: All oh, good. It's a very swanky surroundings you're in there, mate. Is that your house there? Is that your flat?
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Have uh, moved in a few months ago.
2: Someone's had a pay rise, haven't they? Isn't that very nice, isn't it? <laughs> so Joe Rimmer's in the back office of the Echo with a big banner behind him. there.
0: I'm literally in the back office of the Echo with a big banner <laughs> behind them. There's not right.
2: much more to add. I'm surprised they've still got an office. Um, so listen, let's talk all things Liverpool anyway. We've done it all, all season. A remarkable season, an incredible team. It's arguably the best Liverpool side we've ever seen and we are lucky to be seen week by week. Um, incredible we come to the final game of the season, uh, Aston Villa. We are still, we're still in it. We're still in with a shout, Joe. I mean, it's been incredible. Hasn't it? How can you sum up, if you can at all, but as eloquently as you can, <laughs> you sum up how you feel as a red watching? Because we've been doing this over the last few seasons when we sort of started these when Klopp was in charge, didn't we, really? And it was all about just seeing the progression of the team. And this Liverpool side, Joe, are just a phenomenal football side. i are very lucky.
0: We're very, very, very lucky, aren't we? And, uh, you know, I've said in a few pods this year, um, I just think it's exhausting, you know, and I I think people get quite stressed out, you know, (laughs) with title races and going for cups and stuff like that. And, you know, I think people always worry about the disappointment, but you should flip it around. Just everyone should be enjoying this because... You'll never live it again. It's it's um, it's incredible, you know, going into every game at this part of the season with with something to to play for, something, you know, something special to play for. is brilliant. It's been exhausting. You know, I won't lie, on Sunday when, when City were 2-0 behind, I'm, I was looking at the Premier League table trying to work out how many goals Liverpool would have to score against Southampton to, to swing it and then what the possibilities and then when they drew, I was almost a bit like, oh my God, you know, like, I, my heart can't take any more of this, but... It's it's amazing to go into the final game of the season. You know, I, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and go. We think City will drop points, but stranger things have happened. And for Liverpool to be in the position they are after being what 14 points behind uh, in January is just testament to, to how well they've played, the 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 character of a squad of players um, and and the manager's coaching staff and the fans. I think of a club that just is all pulling together in the right direction. You know, you, you look at other clubs and the way they're running, the issues they've had, Liverpool just have got everything right. And, and this is what happens. It's, um, and it's a reward, isn't it? For for Klopp, you know, I don't know, when did we start this podcast together, Neil? It was a few years back now. And I remember it was early doors of Klopp, wasn't it? And you could feel something building, but I never thought it would build to this, to this level. Um, it's incredible. And, um, yeah, we should just really just drink it in, enjoy it. And, and whatever happens Sunday, Liverpool fans should just party and and, and and enjoy it because if they don't win the league then well they go into Paris a week after and they could lift a seventh a seventh European Cup. You know, I remember when they got there sorry to carry on, but I remember when they got there in two thousand five and it was seventeen and I and I thought like, you know, they'd be dad talk about it and I, I thought like, oh, Liverpool never get to a European Cup final. They did. And then I thought, oh, this is a one-off. Enjoy it. And then they got there a couple of years later, but but I still thought we're well, lucky to be there. Now it feels like, it feels like the norm. So I mean, it's it's incredible. It's amazing. Enjoy it.
2: Oh, absolutely, I'm feeling like the norm. Also, it feels like an expectation, which it just piles more pressure on, doesn't it? Of course, because it's still a phenomenally hard competition. You talk about the best teams in in Europe, and and yet <clears throat> it's we're there again. It's extraordinary, Matt, isn't it? And this manager. Jurgen Klopp, you, you, you run out of words. You run out of you'd run out of things to say about about the achievements of this man, the, the European finals he's brought us to, the consistency, which was always a word that the Liverpool was a stumbling block for Liverpool, wasn't it? In many many years, it took us thirty years to win the league again because of consistency, not having that consistency and being able to play three or four games really well and then losing to teams that you wouldn't expect to lose to. This team just doesn't seem to do that anymore, does it? He's built this, you know, in the words of the great man himself. He's built this bastion of 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 uh, invincibility, hasn't he? And, and it's remarkable. He he walks in his shoes very much, doesn't he, Matt? And he's he's got this team doing things that the fans never thought possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if, if Liverpool don't lose against Wolves on Sunday, then that will be, you know, another season where they've gone without a, a loss at home at Anfield, which again is is just a remarkable achievement in itself, isn't it? And it is, like you say, it's it's just become the norm, hasn't it? You look at sort of, as Joe was saying there, the, the 2005 final, you kind of thought, well, is this going to be a one-off? I remember my uh, my dad had to talk my mum into to let me stay up for the second half because he was like, look, listen, this, this might not might not ever happen again they might not get to another final obviously a couple of years later they did and, and now it's you know a third one for Jurgen Klopp it's you know a fourth one because they were in the, the Europa League final as well of course before that so it is it, it is remarkable how far that they've come in such a short space of time isn't it and you know the 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 fact is Jurgen Klopp's just extended his contract that the squad is looking good you've got you know so much more to come I think that that's the exciting thing isn't it it's not like this is a one-off anymore because obviously it's not they've done it before but again if you said to me that Liverpool were in the Champions League final at the end of next season that they'd won another couple of trophies next season it, it wouldn't be a shock it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of the expectation now I think that that's the case so yeah hopefully Liverpool win, win this one and, and go and get number seven but if they don't win the league and they don't win the Champions League, it's still been a remarkably good campaign already.
2: Yeah, that's testament, Joe, isn't it, to, to, to the abilities of Jurgen Klopp. When you think about saying Istanbul was like, you know, it was a generational thing at the time, wasn't it? Oh, we've got here and this is the final. But we got here with players like Igor Dishpan, I used to call him, Bishkan, and, and Jimmy Traore. And, and of almost that squad, you thought, how does that squad get to a Champions League final? Well, it was great determination, a bit of luck, a bit of skill. But now we go to a modern day where he makes nine changes against Southampton and and, and we can still we can still get a result out when we need it. it's this isn't just been about him as a as a as a human being, as a character, as a motivator, as a, it's been a lot of work as well, mate, it? Building up this really, really strong squad and strong depth of players that can fill in for each other when they need it. It's a completely different Liverpool now, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, yeah, like you say, he's he's, a, he's this inspirational figure, and you know, I, I think it's testament to him that he can make nine changes and have people like Takumi Minamino come on and play with such a positive attitude and 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 want to be part of something. You know, there'd be other clubs that a player like Minamino would be like, God, I barely get a chance, and you know, and be sulking, complaining. You, you don't hear any player at Liverpool suck, complain. They they come in and if they play one game in the whole season, they come in and, and put in the maximum effort for that game. And, and that's testament to the way Klopp has got this squad. You know, he's he just got everyone pulling in the same direction. And on top of that, is, you know, every transfer they get right. Um, they don't waste money. They, they, they bring in money from players that they do sell. They sell players at the right time. And then, you know, Every little, think of all the little decisions that people have laughed at Liverpool for. You know, the, the throwing coach, everything that he can do to find an expert in the field, he'll listen to. He, he obviously is a is a man who, who doesn't he doesn't think himself as, as the big I am, does he? When he when he goes into into the the extra training center, he he listens to everyone around him, learns from them, and and that sort of collaborative effort has made Liverpool, you know, the best of the best. So it it's just testament to everything he's done and. You know, just to, to sort of reiterate, you know, I think he's made these successful seasons the norm, but it's not the norm, you know. I, I think f- for 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 most teams it's not the norm, and, and that's why fans should enjoy it. You know, I've seen a few things, you know, that the parade was announced this week, wasn't it, that they'd do it come what may. Um next week. I've seen a few fans going, Oh, you might parade after losing the European Cup final, that'd be weird. I think like like, why are people so quick to try and take the joy out of football? You, you go and win trophies for fans, don't you? You go and have these moments for fans. And and if you can't take those trophies across the city, whether there's two of them, whether there's four of them, five of them, you know, there's the women's trophy as well. Then then when can you? You know, I, I think that, and, that and, and people don't understand that about Liverpool. And if they don't understand it, they'll, they'll never have it because Liverpool and the, the team and their fans are in such close connection that we see the results on the pitch and the fans will will get involved. They'll love it. Whatever trophies they parade next week, um, the fans will will be there in their thousands. So, um, you know, it's just a club in total harmony, isn't it? And, and that's all down to Jürgen Klopp, who's, who's like a footballing god.
2: Yeah, he really isn't. <clears throat> and long may I continue. Very interesting, Matt. I know we won the FA Cup from Chelsea on penalties. Obviously, another... Arduous, strenuous game, one hundred and twenty minutes. Injuries along the way that he's had to try and manage to get ready for the Champions League final. I saw a really good uh, strand on um, on Twitter. Well, uh, Chris Cairns, a friend of mine, put me onto it. Hello, Chris, if you're walking the dogs, you um, often listen to this one of his favorite podcasts. Thanks very much, Paul. i glad to have you listening again. Hopefully, um, he sent me this great strand on Twitter, and it was about the difference in the way you probably saw this about the difference in the way Klopp and and Tuchel prepared the players for the penalties. Very interesting. You could call it speculative. You could say, well, you know, you can't control whether a ball's going to hit the post or someone's going to, a, a goalkeeper's going to save but it. But it's regardless of that, it was about the way that Klopp managed each individual player before them penalties. He went individually to each player, spoke to them privately, talked about the shot they are going to take, talked about what they are going to do. This is all why Tuchel, uh, on the other side, Hasn't spoken to his players yet. He was down on one knee with a a, a little notebook in his hand, scribbling notes away. He went clopping individually, gave them a hug, had a little chat to them, or had them all laughing. By the time Tuchel had gone over to the circle of his players to talk about penalties, every single one of the Liverpool players knew what they were doing. It had been sorted. And then in a a little bit of genius there. He he, he was then able to move the Liverpool penalty takers nearer to the sides of the pitch where the Liverpool dugout was. So it meant that the Chelsea players had to go to the other side. So they were further away from any further encouragements. Little things like this. These are the little, the, the devil's in the detail, isn't it? And these are the little tiny millimetres, the little fractions, the little ounces of, of of difference that Jürgen Klopp brings to ultimately what is a winning team. We'll never know whether that had any influence, but it could have done. And that's the beauty of it. Each and every one of them penalty tickets for Liverpool went down, put that ball down on the floor. Even Alisson was walking up to his own players. Not what a lot of opposition goalkeepers do is walk over to the players about to take a penalty against them and try and get in their ear. Alisson didn't do that. Alisson was walking up to his own players and chatting to them. And it's that wonderful kind of synergy, isn't it? It's that wonderful kind of togetherness that that's how you win FA Cup finals and that's how you win penalties. And it just speaks volumes again for the for the, for the relationship right? that goes right to the heart of the club, Matt.
1: Yeah, it's it's those marginal gains, isn't it? I think penalties are often kind of described as a bit of a lottery and a bit of luck, and it can go either way. But I think you know that there is a certain extent to which that's true. But you can obviously make a, a huge difference in terms of the things that you do, those little things that you've mentioned there. I think there was uh, is it Neuro Eleven, the um the, the company that's been working with Liverpool on the the penalties and sort of psychologically. I, I think that the amount of detail that goes into it kind of sort of helps you as well because you think well it's not it's not been left to chance there's a lot of scientific method behind it there's a lot of of mini things that go into it even if those things don't actually make that much tangible difference you you probably go into the penalty shootout with a bit more confidence because you've been thinking about it for a day or two you've kind of had that process I think if if you're part of, of that squad you kind of you almost go into it thinking well there's there's so much science behind it we must have an advantage we must have you know a bit of a, an edge which i think you know just psychologically as you take those penalties will give you give you a bit of a, a boost as well and you know it's it, it's no coincidence i don't think that the quality of, of the penalties in the the both shootouts against chelsea has, has been magnificent even you know the the sadio mane one that was missed jürgen klopp immediately stepped up and said. That was on me. I told him to change it. I told him to, to go the wrong way. And whether you believe that or not, I don't know. I think that there's probably a good chance that that he was maybe slightly exaggerating in terms of that. But again, it's it's those minor details, isn't it? Even though Liverpool had won that trophy, the first thing he was thinking was, well, Sadio Mane is not going to be going to be happy not going to be confident next time i need him to, to be in that right mindset and immediately just said the right thing at the right time so yeah it, it's no coincidence there is very much a, a method to it and yeah i think I think Liverpool you can you can look at and there's so many things, the throwing coach, the, the penalties, all of these little things. You you kind of got to get yourself to a, a level where you're at that point where those start start to matter. You look at some of the other clubs that kind of you know, Manchester United, the obvious example, they've kind of got to sort themselves out from, from a base point and then do those sorts of things that make the little bits of, of difference. And that's what Jurgen Klopp's done strategically and, and very slowly over the last few seasons as kind of Step by step, done it. And, and now you've got to a level where they are so good, you can only make those minimal changes because they're already at, at 95%.
0: Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel.
2: Looking fatigued, Joe. I, I think over the last few games, I've seen Liverpool certainly in the final as well. And it's only if you look at Liverpool week in, week out, do you see that slight little drop in, 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 in intensity. Maybe you Know where they're quicker to the ball, they're just getting 50 50s, so you can see it's been a long season, it's taken a lot out of them. Nine changes against Southampton, and then we've talked about the league and the 14 points and bringing it back. And The last couple of games have really kind of shown you the flip flop that this season has been, Joe, haven't you? Because you've got the West Ham game, I dropped my kids off, uh, they were going to the, the pitches, and I dropped them off just as we went one-little up and screaming like mad, and then. I turns the car around, I'm driving, I, they go in the pitches. I'm driving out of town and we go two nut West Ham go two nil up. And I've phoned and my son leaving messages while they're in the pitches and I'm going, It's two nil like some lunatic. <laughs> so so it's that it's that it's that flip flop, Of one minute hope, one minute of despair, isn't it? And you go, you know, freeze that game at half time there, two nil, but then they come back with a deflected goal, and then they come back with an own goal, and then you go, Well, that's two two again, and we're back in the mic, but then they miss a penalty. So, you're in it, you're out, you're in it, you're out. And then we go to Southampton, go a goal down, get a, an equaliser and then score a really fluky winner. I mean, the ball, is the defender goes to clear it and it ricochets off Matip's head and spins into the corner beyond the goalkeeper. And I swear, if you, were, if you, if you believed in any kind of suspicious stuff like that, you'd have gone mad by now. Because there must have been a dozen of these weird signs, if not more, all the way through this cool. season. But we are where we are. And I think in many ways... It's probably cleaner because this, you know, we weren't going to make up a seven goal deficit. Let's be honest with you. You know, thanks to performances like Newcastle, who just allowed just a disgusting performance, non-performance. You know, they scored 20 goals, I think, in four games. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know whether the owners, new owners of Newcastle, know the new owners of Man City. But, um, my God, I mean, 99% possession stats at one point. It was an absolute embarrassment. But it got us to where we are now, where we don't really have to worry about goals. It's just a simple win-win situation, isn't it? And Joe, where there's hope, there's, there's, there's a chance, mate.
0: There absolutely is. And there's a million stories, you know, why why the sort of, like you said, the start the stars could align. Um, but yeah, I mean, City is so hard, don't they? Because they could, they could be 3-0 up after 20 minutes and we could all just be going, well, that's that. But I mean... I, I was like you, you know, I was, I was up with dads and I was saying to my dad, West Ham and 2-0 up here. And I, I started looking at the table thinking like, yeah, seven goals. <laughs> and I, I was like, is, this is exhausting. I was kind of, I'd made me peace with the league. You know, I'd sort of gone, well, City will just win every game. Like you say, they'd scored like 20 goals in four games. They clicked into that City gear that they do where they just, they just sort of swat everyone aside. And I, I was like, my heart can't take this, you know, but, but then, you know, Couple of days later, after we've beaten Southampton. I'm really happy because it's really nice to go into the last game of the season and have something ride on it. And, and the great thing for the Liverpool is, for City, it's all about winning, isn't it? If they slip up here, I think Carragher said this, and if they slip up, you know, it's it's a travesty for them. But for Liverpool, seven days later, oh, so six, six days later, they're playing in Paris for for a seventh European Cup. Which, let's face it, I think think City would rather be doing anyway wouldn't they so I Liverpool can go out and enjoy Sunday and and I think you know whatever the results just be massively proud of where they've come and what they've done this season but yeah I mean it's exhausting no wonder the players do look exhausted because mentally physically you know they've put so much into the season and like you say with, with what's going on in games it must be hard but but, he, but yeah, I mean that's why I think again another stroke of genius. Klopp making his changes the other day, it feels like perfect decision, doesn't it? Because he can make a few more Sunday, and we can still feel confident. and then he can he can get back to sort of normal if you like for the for the game Saturday, and um, and hopefully they'll be refreshed. So yeah, I mean it's just incredible. It's, it's really hard to put into words. Really, if I'm coming on podcast and talking about this, quite difficult because it, it's just. It's incredible. It's just, it's incredible. It's exhausting. It's every emotion as a football fan rolled into it, and we've got to cover it for work as well, which <laughs> makes it even harder. So, yeah, um, yeah, just enjoyed it, but looking forward to a lie down once the season's finished. So, Absolutely. About- my stag do is two days after the, the 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 season finishes, so I don't think I'll be well. I might be lying down, but for a different reasons.
2: You'll be lying down in the gutter, do you understand?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it is it is one of them things, Matt, isn't it? Where you you, you and I'm constantly saying this in in these podcasts because I'm old enough to know what it, what the other side of the coin is. Um, you've got to enjoy every moment. We've got to live in this moment right now. We've got to live in what this team are doing because because. It it doesn't get a lot better. It's incredible, isn't it? It's 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 remarkable. There is a big decision to be made, of course, for the last game of the season. Considering Mo Salah's position, one goal ahead in the Golden Boot, it'll be his third Golden Boot in five seasons. He's one goal ahead of Son. Um, and uh, does he play him? Does he play Mo Salah? Does he does he risk him? Mo Salah will obviously want to play is he fit enough to play? And does he, I think we've all just, I think we've all sort of come to the conclusion that he's played so much football. Mo Salah lately, the things just haven't really gone for him. have they? In, 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 a, in a lot of games. He's still effective. He's still tricky. He's still very, very dangerous. Just hasn't been able to convert the chances he's been given lately. And whether that's down to fatigue, he's played so much football. It's ridiculous. Do you rest him, Matt, for, for, for the last game of the season? Do you risk, I mean, you know, Spurs are playing Norwich. Um, do you risk him? Do you put him in? Do you risk upsetting him because the bigger goal is obviously the week later? What big decisions all the time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there, there won't be any risks taken. I'm sure if there's any kind of risk of Mohamed Salah playing in this one and that having a knock on effect that would impact the Real Madrid game, I'm sure you know they, they will be will be very sensible. And I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? As much as Salah will want to to get that golden boot, you can quite easily see Son scoring a hat trick or you know maybe more against Norwich who let's face it are not particularly brilliant and I'm sure he'll, he'll obviously have one eye on that but the bigger prize quite simply is that there is still a league title there a small chance of that there is still that Real Madrid narrative which I think would be far far bigger obviously for, for Mohamed Salah than, than this weekend and so yeah there, there won't be any sort of risks taken with him whether he is fit enough to, to start or, or not I'm not too sure I think I think we'll see him at some point I'd, I'd certainly like to, to see that um, I think Jürgen Klopp kind of said it today, with not just him but with Van Dijk and Fabinho as well. If if he can give them some rhythm, as he says, in terms of of the game this weekend, I think they will play if if they are fit. I think it'll be pretty much the team that, that starts against Real Madrid the week after. I think he'll want to to get them playing together and not leave it too long, really. Which I think you know can obviously in terms of of the rest it can be a bit of an advantage. But then you look at, at Real Madrid. I think they've. I think three weeks ago three four weeks ago they had the, the title wrapped up they've not really had a great deal to play for and sometimes when you've sort of been in that position and then suddenly you have to click into a game where it really matters it, it can kind of go the other way so i'd expect liverpool to, to be strong against wolves obviously they've got to get the result just in case something does happen at city but i think it's almost like a bit of a trial run almost a you know, it's it's a long enough break to be able to play pretty much the same team between one and the other. So, yeah, I'd expect to see Mohamed Salah at some point, but there won't be any risks.
2: The idea of a full strength, best eleven Liverpool heading to the Champions League final is mouthwatering, Joe, is it not? I mean, you know, we've got unfinished business with them. haven't I mean, we? most Salah most definitely has unfinished business with them. But when you look, when you look at the uh, at, at the at the uh, Real Madrid best Champions League final a couple of years ago, obviously in Kiev, which I was at. Another one of my losing finals. One of the reasons why I'm staying away this time. Um, everyone I've said to you about, you know, I, I haven't seen Liverpool win in Europe. They've all said, well, stay away then. No one's... i had not one word of encouragement. Say, nah, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything that. They've all just said, yeah, stay away.
0: You won't um, get any encouragement here either. You
2: won't get any encouragement. Yeah, stay I, stay you know yeah. That'll do me. I think I'll start going again if we win seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know the loris carriers of the teams. There was weaknesses in the teams, wasn't it? And you just have, and as a full strength Liverpool eleven heading to this final. It's it's just it's 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 something to really look forward to, Joe, isn't it? Because we could really did you know Real Madrid look their journey has been incredible. You could say you know you're fate and the stars and all that again. But there's a lot of old players in that team, mate. And if we can get all of that midfield, um, we've got a massive, massive chance, haven't we?
0: The, the great thing about a full strength. Liverpool team is, I still think the three of us might not even be able to agree on it because it, because people have played so well this season. You know, I, I think the, the three areas you'd be looking at, wouldn't you, is, is Matip or Kanate. Well, honestly, either of them could play in that final and I, I'd, I'd be happy enough. I think Kanate has had a quietly brilliant season. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's flown under the radar in this country how well he's come in and, and played and, and Liverpool have got a scary prospect on their hands at centre-half. I'd probably just about shade it with with, uh, Mathip for his experience. But that midfield, you know, do you put Cater in there? He's had a good season, could give Liverpool a bit of an attacking edge. Again, I'd probably just go with with Henderson, Thiago and and Fabinho. And then up front, Diaz has just pushed his way into being in the strongest 11 hasn't he, with the way he's played? So, you know, even that, you know, again, I'd probably go Diaz, Mane, Salah. But, you know... There's an argument for Jota. It, it's difficult, isn't it? So that, that's the beauty of it. And, and you know, what? I, I've never been one to... I don't like make, making predictions. I always feel like it'd be my fault if I go and make a silly prediction. But I've just got a feeling like, you know, we've kept saying this, is this podcast stars aligning, but Real Madrid, after what happened four years ago, Mohamed Salah, you know, is going to be absolutely desperate to, um, to put that right this Liverpool team has grown so much, like you say, you know, that those little weaknesses that they had back then have been ironed out. And I, and I just think Real Madrid, you know, they're a great side, they've got some great players and they obviously, you know, that they live on those moments, don't they? And they've done it really well. But I just don't think they've faced anything like this Liverpool team. You know, I, I think the teams that they've beaten, I don't think Man City have the passion of Liverpool. I don't think Paris Saint-Germain have the, the, the teamwork and the cohesiveness of Liverpool. Uh, I don't think Chelsea have the, you know, are as good as Liverpool. So I, I think they've not faced a Liverpool yet, and uh, I, I just got a really good feeling. I just think Liverpool will go out there with, in Paris with something to prove. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a tantalising prospect. And and with Mark, though, you know, I want to see. I'd like to see um, Salah certainly, maybe not Van Dijk, but Salah certainly play a little bit Sunday, just because. I think it'd be nice for him to have a bit of rhythm and go into that game with a bit of, a bit more football under his belt. Poetry, emotion on the blood red channel. And I think would make
2: him happy because, you know, of the Golden boot situation, which every player wants as many accolades as possible. But I think you're right. I think he's a player who Van Dykes was more injury based. I think Salahs was more maybe feel a bit of a twinge or something and. And I think it's better to to, uh, to to if possible give him a bit of run out, but to make sure you don't you don't sacrifice him. I mean, Joe just said there, Matt, that we'd probably argue over the lineup. He's pretty much said my lineup there as well. I think, I think um, it's that having that mix, isn't it, of experience. I mean, Henderson in the final, I'd back him all day. He's just got that great ability to pull a team together, hasn't he? And and he works hard, and he's very 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 good on the ball. I, I think. Um, it, I think the tricky one is what Joe just said, is Canate and Matip. Canate is an absolute brick wall, isn't he? I mean, he's just, you know, we were talking about the Koulibaly situation. Well, he's got a younger Koulibaly, let's be honest with you. He's a brilliant player, isn't he? He offers an aerial threat that I don't think Matip does. Having said, of course, Matip just scored ahead, if not a little bit fluky, uh, uh, last last game out. But I, I would pretty much go with what Joe said. I think there. I think it's. I think Van 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 Dijk, Matip, just has that little bit of coolness on the ball, um, and the front three. I think Diaz has got to start, hasn't he? He was he ran himself ragged in the FA Cup final, but he as soon as he's on the pitch, he's like another salad, isn't he? He gives teams so much to worry about. He, he puts he puts their fullbacks in such a bad position they they, they they don't know what to do whether they're coming or going. So as an attacking threat. For me, it'd have to be um, uh, Mane, Salah, and Diaz, um, and in the middle, i say Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, and then the back, the normal back five. Really, is is that where you're thinking, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'm with you with the the forward line. I think I think I'm edging towards Henderson, but I can see a real argument for Naby Keita. I think in terms of of that midfield, the extra sort of technical quality against the players that, that Real Madrid have got in there, but. I think it it would be really really hard to, to keep jordan henderson out of, of the team i think i think at the back again you could go either way i think the, the sort of pace that the has got is is something that you would look at in terms of um, vinicius and a couple of the, the real madrid attackers are, are very very quick and i'm pretty sure that they will see that kind of space behind trent alexander arnold as possibly a place where they can get in maybe that sort of pace at center back could come into it but I don't know, I think again, I'd probably be going for, for Matip just because I think he's he's better on the ball, as you say, but he's also he's not going to switch off, is he? I think there's been once or twice where Connery's had brilliant games but then just switched off for a split second. And I think possibly Benzema could could try and, and look at that. But you know, which, whichever way you look at it, it's not exactly a weakness, is it? It's just a very marginal difference between those two players. I think I think, yeah, I would go with Matip there. I'd probably just about go with Henderson in midfield. I'd definitely go for diaz up top and i think the rest of the team is is kind of picking itself so as long as everyone's fit i think that would be the uh the team if if fabinho isn't fit to start which fingers crossed he is and i think we expect that he will be then obviously he comes in but otherwise you know then you're looking at maybe henderson as the six cater and, and Thiago either side i mean even that that's that's a midfield that can win that game isn't it so it almost doesn't matter what team Liverpool pick because you think it's all pretty much the same. But yeah, those are those are the decisions I've making. I think, as I said before, I think we'll get a little bit of a clue as to what Jurgen Klopp's thinking when we see the the team sheet for Wolves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That will that will that will clear the picture up a little bit won't it? because we'll know what he's what he can what he's resting and what he isn't really. And uh, one person who will be interested to see whether he can make an impact one more time for Liverpool, is Divock Origi, of course. Um, it's been announced, hasn't it, now that he's leaving? Um, is it AC Milan? Looking like the uh, the, the team that are going to pick him up. I mean, there's a guy, I've got stats for him, 175 games, only 27 years of age. It's easy to forget that, isn't it? He's been with us so long, he's done so many memorable things in Liverpool. At just the age of 27, 175 games, and, and out of those 175 games, he only really sta- started 68. And um, Scored 41 goals, but it's more importantly the goals he scored, isn't it? Not the quantity, but the quality and the time and the place that he scored those goals. Six derby goals. I mean, the scourge. You talk about Ian Rush being a nightmare on Gladys. Street. He wasn't far behind him, was he? used the scourge uh, in recent derby matches, wasn't he? Two Champions League, of course, the two Champions League goals in uh, against Barcelona. Um, the last one being just an absolute stroke of genius from... Um, a very very young Trent Alexander, but by no means an easy ball to flick in the net. That man, he, he takes it, the timing of it, the sweep of the foot, utter class. Could have been missed by so many people. And then of course the uh, the one that made us all breathe that little bit easier in the Champions League final. So a player who owes us nothing. You know, when you play as few games as he as 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 has played for Liverpool in terms of of career. To be called a legend isn't something that you bandy about, but he is a legend, Joe Rimmer, isn't he? He will go down forever in the hearts of every Liverpool fan as someone who never complained, never complained, always understood that he was never going to be the number one choice, took that on his shoulders, never let it get in his way, and, and then and then time after time after time produced something spectacular for us. And, and that, to me, is a legend, Joe.
0: That's exactly it. I mean, it, it's 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 all down to that attitude, isn't it? That, you know, the way he's treated playing for Liverpool as the privilege that it is, I think is, um, I think supporters just can level with, they, they can, they can you know, they, they connect with that, don't they? And, and I think with Origi, he's never complained, he's always played his part and when he's been called upon, boy, has he, has he risen to the occasion and Part of me wonders whether you know, he's already scored one late winner against Wolves this season. Has he got a little final gift for Liverpool? Um, if he scores the winner against Wolves at the weekend and, and Liverpool do win the league, I think they should just erect a statue there and then right in the middle of the pitch and we'll just play around it for the rest of <laughs> the rest of time because it's it, it just... I mean, if you How wouldn't put a statue on
2: the middle of the pitch, you'd still get six
0: goals against... <laughs> against yeah. Everton. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's—he's um, he's just... A great character, and he sort of sums up to me everything that this club squad is about. You know, all those squad players that that come and and be counted for. And, you know, that Minamino this season, again, if he leaves in the summer, which probably is likely, you know, he'll go with 10, maybe more goals of great importance and having played his part. And, um, you know, and someone like Origi just sums that up for me. You know, Liverpool wouldn't be where they are without those characters that have come in and done jobs and remain popular, and yeah, you know, it looks like AC Milan, I hope Liverpool will meet them again, in the Champions League, he comes back, and, and gets another ovation, but I hope someday, it's deafening for him, and I'm sure it will be, uh, because people love him, and rightly so.
2: Yeah, it will be a final bow to him. Matt, wanted to come out, against Wolves, well, we say a final bow, if he's on the bench, in the Champions League, finally, he could have even more to say, to write, in the, uh, the history books, as far as his career, Liverpool is, but it will be a special, a special time for Divock Origi, won't it? And no doubt he'll get some minutes on the pitch. Just so, because Jürgen Klopp is that kind of person. Um, Just so that the crowd can just say uh, a big thank you to someone who's been a massive character.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. you would like to think so. And I think, you know, we, we kind of talk about him in, in a way which obviously Liverpool fans understand how good he is and how important he is. But I think there's there's a real class footballer in there. I think if we saw him play every single week, I think he's one of those players that can can really put together a good run. He was was never going to get that at Liverpool because of the number of options that Liverpool have got. He's never going to get the minutes that he would like. And I think it's it's probably the right time for him to move on for his career. As you say, you know, been at, at Liverpool eight years now. He arrived as a teenager, went out on loan for the first season and sort of basically been here ever since and, and never quite managed to, to make himself the main man, but he's had you know so many unbelievable memories that you know you you guys have, have already covered there which you know will make him as you say rightly a, a Liverpool legend but I really do think if, if he goes to Milan and it is there that he ends up and he is first choice and he can play every week I think I think one or two people who, who maybe haven't watched him as much as what we have as, as Liverpool fans and, and people covering the club I think I think one or two will be surprised at how good he is it's easy to look at him and go well he's he's seventh choice he's behind Minamino he's behind a couple of these other players but I really do think there's there's a top class player in there and I think it was Pet Linder's called him the the world-class finisher the best finisher at the club and things like that and people kind of took those as as a joke at, at the time a few months ago as a kind of you know he's just kind of saying that to be nice type thing and Obviously, there are better footballers than Divock Origi out there, but I do really think that Milan, you know, they, they could they could be a little bit surprised at, at how good he is because there is, as I say, a really really good footballer there.
0: Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel.
2: All right, let's look forward to to um, the big games then. Liverpool. Let's just say for it. Let's just say the Liverpool take care of Wolves. You know, Villas kind of scraped a 1-1 draw, didn't he, with, with, with uh, Burnley last night? Uh, and any team with Tyro Mings in gives you half a chance, let's be honest with you. I mean, you know, I, I'm no footballer, but boy, that I think if Steve Gerrard's looking to try and strengthen things up, I think he's got to be looking at the, the central defensive uh, areas, hasn't he? Because, wow, there's a goal or two in that kid all the time, isn't it? going through him? He, he seems to make a lot of mistakes. But if all the planets align you think, Joe, in all honesty, do you think there's a possibility that Villa can... You know, it, everything's against us, isn't it, really? City have had a, a rest. Villa have only just played. They don't have the best squad in the world. Um Is there a possibility for a Philip Coutinho free-kick? Is, is there a Danny Ings thank you for to Liverpool one more time? Do we hang our, hang our hat on any kind of hope, pal? Uh,
0: I mean, anyone should know from watching Liverpool... <laughs> For any length of time, you know, there's always a possibility. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not boasted there, but when they when they went 14 points behind earlier in the season, I remember us was, was being on a podcast going, "Is it over?" I thought, well, no, it isn't over because this Liverpool team doesn't know when anything is over, does it? So, you know, I, I think I think ultimately, is it likely? No, because City don't lose a lot of games at home, do they? Or certainly don't drop points in a lot of games at home, but. You never know, do you? You never know there's a sending off in the first minute, you know, a bad, dodgy decision. Uh, anything can happen in, in 90 minutes of football and, you know, stranger things have happened. So uh, is it likely? No, but Liverpool will just have to play with everything they've got against Wolves. It's a bit of a cliche, but they get the job done and just hope that you know that something's something shining on them. So I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going into Sunday going, yeah, we're going to win the title. I, I'm just going thinking, well, anything that happens is nice. And um, do, do you know what? I don't know. I've got a little feeling that it, there'll be a bit of drama, even if it doesn't mean Liverpool win the league. There'll certainly be a bit of drama.
2: Yeah, and I mean the last time we we're in this position, I think Brighton took the lead against. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't last long, but but look, Matt, if we've got any hope at all, if you had anything. Virtually everything is stacked against us, but I suppose the one thing we have stacked in our favour is the, is the man who's in the in the Aston Villa dugout because you can imagine that Stephen Gerrard will be given a pre-match team talk um, with more passion than the lavador season because you know he's obviously he's Villa manager, but we all know where his loyalty lies and we all know where how how much he would love to derail the title and give it to Liverpool, knowing that his team have done it along the way. So. That'll be an interesting team talk before the start of that
1: game, won't it, Matt? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think there's obviously a, a couple of, of reasons to think that, isn't there? Stephen Gerald, the biggest one, Coutinho and in Ings and a couple of, of different links, like you say, in terms of, of Liverpool. But you know, th- th- there is a little bit of a hope. I think we, we saw, obviously, Aston Villa at Anfield earlier this season. They kept it very, very tight. It was only a penalty, I think, the difference. I think it was 1-0 in that game, wasn't it? And th- they did have that game plan where they can kind of frustrate you and and keep it tight and I think ultimately we all know the the chances are Manchester City will win but I think if if they do win it's not going to be sort of four or five nil I I don't see a situation where they're going to be three up after half an hour I just think it's going to be fairly tight I think if if they do win it it might take a little bit of a, a moment from someone and if you've got Kevin De Bruyne on the pitch or Bernardo Silva or whoever it might be that can always happen can't it at any point in the game but I do think there is there is a little bit of a, a hope for Liverpool I think it'll be really tight and yeah you, you mentioned the Brighton game there was there was a few people I, I was at, at Anfield for that game and there was um a few people around us who who thought that Brighton had scored a second goal because the person next to them had only just seen that the first goal had gone in there was a bit of confusion I could do without that on Sunday but I can sort of see a a situation where that kind of thing happens again. And yeah, I think it'll be tight, but I think it's important as well that Liverpool just get their job done. I think what we don't want is for for Liverpool to drop points. Whatever happens in the the City game, I think it's it's important to, at the very very least on Sunday that Liverpool finish only a point behind City because you know this team is is absolutely deserving of that. And ultimately, if they do come a, a point short, then I don't think anyone can have any complaints because you look at the performances, the consistency that they've put in this season, they deserve to be right up there. And if they put in something similar next season, they'll be right up there again.
2: Yeah, and just well, just just strategizing our, ourselves between us, Joe. How do how do you think when, when we've seen results against City and when we saw the way Spurs did it, which is very much the way Conte does things, which is very counter attacking, soaking up possession, um, and then hit you on, on on the break. How would you how would you go again, How you go about trying to beat a Man City, Joe? Because when I look at them playing, I I often find that most teams just sort of relinquish possession. Or is that the impression that you're given by just the fact that City are, are such a good... They are, fact, listen, they're a very expensive team, but let's be honest, they they work hard, man. They are a good side. How do you go against the team? How would how would Steven Giro try and, and get an upper hand on it? Would it be to soak it up and try and hit on the counter? They've got fast players.
0: I think so. And I think, you know, that, like you say, you look at Villa and they've got the types of players that you think, if you're going to play counter-attack, they can do... And then you hope for moments from players like Coutinho, Buendia, you know, they, they have these big moments from free kicks or set pieces. I, I just think that the way to beat City is to defend for your lives and hope for a bit of luck. You know, anyone who's beaten City, you need a bit of luck. You need, you know, and, and let's face it, they don't have to beat City. do They, they just have to get out of there and a draw. But, you know, they're going to need luck on their side. We're going to need City to miss chances. And I think, you know, looking back at games, I believe, City have dropped points in this season. I can always seem to remember them missing a fair few opportunities. And, and in recent weeks, they've not really done that, have they? They've not really, they've not really um, had games where they've, they've gone out and, and missed sitters. But but then at West Ham the other day, you had a penalty, penalty at the end that they, they, that they miss. And, you know, I think you need to ride your luck. So, yeah, I mean, they're a fantastic side city. And uh, as I said before, you know, I don't think they quite have, like, I think to play and win in the European Cup, you need a bit of passion. You need to, to rise to those big moments, which Liverpool are greater. And I don't think City are quite as good at that. I think they're just almost like robots when it comes to the league. They're just great. They're consistent. They grind out results and they they win their home games come what may. So that, that's what makes it very difficult for, for Aston Villa. But yeah, we just have to hope for a big, big slice of luck. And um that's the way you get it done.
2: Well, wherever wherever the cards ping again, is that, I don't know who's pinging, but they've pinged about five times now. Um, wherever the cards may fall, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't detract from the fact that this is just such an incredible golden era to be a Liverpool fan. There is no doubt about it. Um, and the biggies on its way, really, isn't it? The Champions League. Are you going to be able to get over there, Joe, or are you? Are you staggers just
0: after? It? I'll be in this office. Um, quick story about the stag. I, I, this is how I rare I think Champions League finals are, and and I think. You know, you shouldn't take them for granted. But in January, when we were looking at dates, we could hardly find any dates for, for the stag there. And th- you know that the weekend of the Champions League final came up, so I, I was just like, oh, "I'll go for it." You know, you don't get Champions League finals every year. You know, if we'll get there, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Of course, they got there. EasyJet cancelled our flight, so we got a few days later. So I'll be in here in the office working, but um, as I always am. But yeah, I mean, can't get to Paris, but uh, you know. I'm sure we'll have a special night working
1: on it.
2: Whatever you'll be, it'll be a special night, Matt. Yeah. You're heading over there, aren't you, pal?
1: I am, yeah. I am one of the uh, the lucky few thousand who's, who's managed to get a ticket. So, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll be over there. I'll be working around it as well. I'll be working all day on the Saturday and the Sunday, but nipping out to go to the match, which I am very much looking forward to. And I think it should be should be a good one, shouldn't it? Two proper teams, proper stadium, proper location for it. It just feels like a, a proper Champions League final.
2: Incredible, mate. I'll be at home with the kids, no doubt. Having a few bevies and watching, uh, And watching, hopefully, a seventh European Cup. We could do a podcast on profiteering alone for 45 minutes uh, easily, because the amount of greed and capitalism and, and, and profiteering that goes on with cancelled flights and cancelled hotels and people being absolutely ripped off makes my blood boil, makes me sick to the stomach. And, 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 and I wish to God someone would sit down and do something about it. How Hotels can be cancelled and flights can be cancelled and then quadrupled in price. Um, it's just, it's just sickening. We live in a very, very sick and horrible profiteering world, don't we? Anyway, um, we will, thankfully, we've got television, so we'll be able to watch it. Uh, whatever you are, whatever you're doing, um, thank you very much once again. Joe Rimmett, lovely to see you, pal. And um, thank you for coming on again. And, and hopefully, uh, and hopefully your presence here has brought a little bit of luck.
0: Pleasure, Neil. Yeah, great to see you again and, and hope. Hope I'm coming on this pod in two weeks' time. Uh, even happier than I expect.
2: Even happier, and I'm ma- well. Even ha- you'd be married, so I'm not sure about the happy factor. But um, you, uh, just just to see it, it again against you, will be good. Um, Matt, thanks again, pal. To you, much appreciated, and have a great time over there, brother.
1: Yes, nice one, mate. Hopefully, we uh, bring the European Cup back, and next time it's a uh, seven-time European champions that we're talking about.
2: Sounds good. don't it. Tripped off the tongue, that pal. Uh, and once again, to all of you listening, thank you for your support as ever, for all of the podcasts, Ali Le Rouge uh, and all the Blood Red podcasts. Much, much appreciated. And as we said before, just enjoy every single moment. You wake up from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you close them. Just know that you are supporting the, the greatest team in world football at the moment in my opinion. And just enjoy it. And we are in such an incredible, that wonderful position where somebody says, are you going to the final? And we say, which one? You know, it is incredible. Enjoy it. Uh, this has been Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitz. The best of luck to the Red Men. Uh, on Sunday and, of course, the following Saturday. And I'll see you all again soon.
1: You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.